So guys, we want to talk about our title sponsor, Union Green. These guys have been great to work with so far. It has been a blessing to have them as our title sponsor. You know, a couple things that we kind of match up with when it comes down to what we represent, what they represent is, you know, the public golf scene. And, and you know, big thing is their, their slogan is play social, play local. And I probably got that backwards, but that is the slogan. But the thing is, with Union Green, they've got affordable golf balls, affordable gear to wear on the course that not only is comfortable but looks really good ashton himself right now is rocking the twilight round t-shirt always in play another slogan by union green if you need good affordable balls that are you know if it's a three-piece or if you're just looking for a budget-friendly ball to play union green's gotcha They've got you covered in great apparel to wear. You know, we gave out, you know, the Union Green hats during our, our cookout, and they couldn't have been a bigger smash. I mean, every single one of those guys were wearing them out in the last or the next couple days during the rounds. And, you know, it's they make quality gear at an affordable price for guys that are looking for that $35 Muni round in that hunt out those gems all across the country and so go ahead go to uniongreen.com support them use our code municipals get yourself a discount check them out municipals 20 but yes and this shirt is extremely comfortable so go get yourself one as well but thank you union green um again such a big sponsor uh, like to give us some stuff to give out to our friends at the cookout was wonderful. So go support them, Municipalis 20. And with that, let's take it to Bryson. How hard did you push it till I black out? Yes. Numerous times. Yes. happening municipals this is your boy big c the dynamic duo is back ashton is finally joining me on the pod it's long time coming i mean we haven't talked in well we've talked but we haven't actually been on a pod in a minute yeah i mean i haven't really talked to you since the cookout which for context was about a month ago so this is probably as long, we're as out of touch with each other as we have been in a long time. Granted, we saw each other a lot at the cookout. That was great. Um, we will have a po- the podcast in two weeks. will be about the cookout with Jack and Pax. Um, but yeah, it's just good to catch up, man. I'm, I don't really know what's been going on with you, honestly, because uh, you were respectful. I was home in Atlanta and on East Coast time, and so you usually call me on your six-ish p.m. drive on the way home and that was um not really feasible when i was on the east coast so it sounds cheesy but i've i've I've, i very much miss you and i'm very happy we have this this time to catch up together yeah i mean usually we talk at least once or twice a week so you know there's been a lot going on in both of our lives that you know has has kept us both busy but you know, I really enjoyed listening to your pod with your dad. I think that was uh, 
a great, you know, episode about, you know, not a topic that we, that we talk about too much because, you know, it's as private as private can get with Pine Valley, but, you know, I think it's a really cool insight to most of us that'll probably never get the chance to kind of play or experience kind of, you know, a trip of a lifetime like your dad did. And I mean, the stories your dad has are just endless to begin with. So, you know, it was just a really good story. And if you guys haven't checked it out, you know, go back a week and go and check out the pod that Ashton did with his dad, John. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. Definitely check it out. And Ashton, for the first time, beat his father. I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's, uh, it, the, the house is sort of crumbling down on this podcast because we talked about Pine Valley together, me and my dad, which also just the one thing, how about the soap nugget? Like I've heard a lot about, I mean, that's something I was like, is this going to get aggregated to like Zyre golf or something? Like, well, honestly to be thirst buckets, that'd be great. Like I wouldn't mind if that ended up. Wouldn't, wouldn't mind soap. if that happened. But I was like, wow, that's a, that's a real nugget that most people don't know about. But it was kind of fun to watch him because, like, you know, he starts name dropping the guy who like hosted him, and I was like, "Okay, like, I didn't, I didn't know you were gonna do that. I didn't know that was okay." But I think his point also too about you know suicide prevention and awareness was, I mean, uh, one of the biggest takeaways that you know we'll talk in a little bit about not suicide or something like that, but we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, the importance of kind of sharing how you're feeling and anxiety. We'll kind of dive into that because it's something I want to talk about. But, but yeah, I mean, again, about the house crumbling down. Uh, played golf in Atlanta. Uh, played golf at Atlanta Athletic Club twice. Atlanta Athletic Club, very private. <laughs> um, yeah, usually we the municipalities do not. You know, let's be clear. We 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 never ever play pub, private golf, but we certainly don't talk about it when we do. But this was different because this is my dad's home club and. Um, for context, Atlanta Athletic Club has the Highlands course, which is the one that listeners will be familiar with. It's the the home of the Keegan Bradley, or well, let's just kind of rebrand that to the Nelly Corda uh, major championship wins. Um, just uh, to be very quick, it's a golf course that um, it just makes you realize that you're not very good, honestly. it's uh, I think from the tees, we played, I think we played two up uh 79 something like very very long and we did the math uh you know depending on your architecture preferences or style uh, i believe it's an rtj giant design um i think there are seven holes with forced carry water and rock wall so it's one of those where it's like um yeah i mean like number 17 for example was you know it's not that far to carry but, you know, from the tees we're playing, it's a downhill tee shot, bunkers long, um, water short, and, like, you need to fly at 175 yards or else you're going to hit it in the water. And if you hit it 200 yards and bail in the back bunker, you're probably then going to hit your bunker shot into the water because of how the green is oriented. So just a really, really hard course. I did not beat my dad that day. I shot, I think, 85. Um, did not play well, but, you know, like... I probably played worse than my score, but whatever. But they also just renovated um, the Riverside course, uh, which is was wonderful. Um, not to be a hipster, but I think actually many people there agreed. 
very much preferred it to the championship course. It's kind of, as you might expect, um, down by the river. It's kind of cool. I'm used to playing golf near the ocean, but it was very cool to kind of play golf um, down by the Chattahoochee River. Uh, the only thing that was interesting was the greens are new. They redid the entire course. And uh, I did not know this, but when greens come in new, they're very firm. So one of the things that was kind of crazy was if you had like, a, if you had a wedge, if you had 112 yards to a back flag, you need to fly that like 98. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Like wedges weren't spinning. Like it was, you had to play kind of an entirely different game. But that day, my dad, uh, he actually, as you know, Chris, uh, on one of his other mini private rounds, I believe this was at the honors course. He broke his sim too, and so he um, was using kind of a loner stealth. And he had been okay. He had been good with it the day before, the time I played with him before. But on that day, the driver was a little bit off. Uh, my dad's game is a two handicap. He does not really make mistakes. He made, I think, three doubles or two doubles on the front nine. And I played okay. I think I shot three or four over on the front. But it was one of those where, like, I, I wasn't going to I wasn't gonna be dumb enough to say, say anything. But I was, like, monitoring the fact that I was probably playing better golf than him. I wasn't playing great, but he was playing, like, un, like very sloppy golf. Like, a way I've not normally seen him play. Um, and then, yeah, at, at the end, I, I birdied 18. And um, we walk off. It was actually funny because, like, on 14 or 15, that, no, it was coming off 17. I, I made double. It's just, again, a really, really hard hole, you know, 217-yard par three. And I think Dad said, man, if there was ever a day you're going to beat me, it would have been today. And in my head, I was like, I think I'm either beating you or it's close. I, mean, I didn't say anything. And we finish up, and we kind of walk off, and our, our my dad's buddy who we played with, Howard, I, I kind of like Howard, I go, Howard, do you have the numbers? Um, he goes, yeah, uh, Ashton, 80. John 82 and I was like oh my god like <laughs> I have played a lot of golf with my dad and that's never happened I, I'm bummed that I made the double because if I had not made double I would have not made a double at all and I would have shot in the 70s but at this point uh, a win is a win and even though Howard's got chicken scratch um, I have the scorecard um, can't really tell what's going on on it but I have the, the scorecard so Again, uh, you love to see that the municipal is beating their dad on a private golf course, but hey, sometimes that's the rip of the green, right? I mean, it's a little different when your dad is actually a competitive, good golfer, because I beat my dad for the first time when I was 14 years old. And I've also never seen my dad break 90, so little, little different, L little different scenarios there. But it's still got to feel great, because I mean... You know, your dad's a stick, so... Yeah. You know, and his driver head is on the way. Ship that thing out today, so... Amazing. But yeah, no, I, I think what was cool is like, um, you know, this comment is going to make it sound like I have daddy issues, which I do not, because as many people have heard on the podcast, my dad and I have a great relationship. But what was cool is like, yes, I beat him, but I think what was cooler was um, afterwards we were having a beer. He basically told me, he was like... He's like, dude, he's like, you're, you're like a real golfer for the first time. He goes, you know, you, you like, you did a lot of things right, but he's like, you know, you didn't have a lot of golf sense, even not until very recently. But he's like, you know, this is a total shout out to Kevin Polly, but like, I mean, I, I was hitting my driver like 80 yards by my dad. Uh, I was hitting like, and I think he texted you, Chris, like there was, there was two holes. There was one hole where I had, 
you know, 261 yards, a little wind in the face, and I hit a three wood in the middle of the green. And like that, my dad knows I've hated my three. I, I have a three wood that was in the bag that I would never hit. And he's just like watching me hit shots I've never had before with clubs I've never hit before. Um, you know, and it was just really validating because, you know, the whole point of this podcast, we love the community and we love all that stuff, but we want to play good golf. Like we, we want to qualify for our respective mid-ams. Like we want, we don't just play, you know, we fucking joke about EAL. We don't play for the weather. We, 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 we play cause we want to play good golf and to have kind of like to beat my dad and then for him to kind of validate that, like, I'm a real golfer and the work that I've been putting in, he can see it. Um, felt really cool and extremely satisfying. So it was very special. Yeah, I mean, you've been putting crazy work in. I mean, with KP and, and you know, you're, the way you're going about kind of, you know, course management and things like that and bettering yourself there and then also just believing in the experts, you know, within the golf industry that are there to help you. I mean, that's probably yeah. one of the most important lessons people can can take from that is like, yo, if you go see a fitter, take his fucking advice, like full, go full in on it. Like if, if the numbers are showing that's the best option for you, go with it. Like don't try to go with a certain brand. Don't try to, you know, manipulate things because you want something a certain way. Like go with what works best for you. And then also dedicate your time to a teaching professional. Don't go get one or two lessons, buy a pack of lessons and regularly go see them and then go and execute those lessons on the training facility. Because, you know, if you're, if you're going to put in the time and effort, like you got to do it the right way, or it's just not going to flourish. You're not going to see the benefit and you're just going to waste a lot of money in the different aspects of golf. And like, if you want to get better, that's the proper way to get better. Like do it the proper way or just go out and have fun. Like there's no, nothing wrong with that either. Like if you just want to grab clubs and go out there and hit the ball, like more power to you. Absolutely. But me and Ashton are both guys that strive to be the best we can and want to compete. And that's the thing is like, we love public golf. We love, architecture we love to go see in court different courses and stuff but there's never a round that me and ashton play together where there's not a competition going and it's doesn't matter if we're just playing friendly or if we're you know playing you know the cookout there's always going to be a competition involved every time we get out there and play and you know i think i i utilize you as kind of my benchmark of where I'm at in the level of my play too, where it's like, you know, if me and you can go out and it comes down to the last hole or two, then, you know, I think my game's in relatively good shape. If I get mopped up, then there's some shit I got to work on. So, you know, I think that's kind of the thing too, where it's like, I think you came out and we played quail Valley and I beat you out at quail and since then, I think you have dramatically gotten better because you basically went back to the Bay and that's when you bought your pack of lessons with KP. Yeah, to totally. I mean, I, I think it was like, cause it's not like, it's not like you played bad, but I, I think that I could see it like, 
Well, it, I think it's a couple things. It's like, I I came back and I dedicated myself to like I I made this my year of getting rid of the right miss, but it's turned into more than that. Um, but I feel like that's gotten better. And then at the same time, you had a baby and had the worst weather in the history of time. So like when we played, for example, I, I didn't get to play with you a ton, but we played at Rusted Canyon. Um, that's as bad as I've ever seen your short game. But like, when's the last time you practiced chipping? Like you didn't because you had a kid and even more importantly, it was snowing. Like you didn't have, like I watched you chip multiple balls off the green. You've never done that before. Um, you know, and then like the back nine is a bit, the front nine is a bit scuffly, but I think on the back nine, I shot one over and is hitting my driver like 310 yards. And like, you've never seen my, like you've played a lot of golf with me and you've seen me hit my driver well. But, like, and then you combine that with the cookout or, like, the, our practice round. I told you, I was, like, you, you're, like, you, you could see it, right? It was, like, oh, yeah, like, th- this is different because since you've gone to KP. Um, and I totally agree because, I mean, that's part of, in fairness to my old coaches, like, I feel a connection to KP I didn't have with my other coaches. But another component of it, too, was, like, I wasn't being fair to them probably of, like, I'd book a lesson and then, like, after six months, she would be going sideways, and I'd book a lesson. It was Band-Aids, right? We're like, I'm hitting the ball great. Like, we can talk about it. Like, I played double-looped Carico with our boy Munda. I started off bogey, double bogey, and then finished the last, uh, I think, played the last eight, 15 holes in three under par. I made five birdies. Um, the golf game is on right now. But, like, I'm seeing KP on Sunday. It's like, I haven't seen him in a month. Like, yeah, it's it's going good, but like, you know, you think about how we're so stupid as amateur golfers. Like, you know who has less? Like, when Max Homa wins, you know who's there the next week? His coach. Blackburn is right there watching him, right? It's not like, oh, man, one at Riv. I'm good. See ya. See ya when I see ya. We suck compared to them, right? It's like, no. The maintenance mode is incredibly important. Even if you feel dialed, regular checkups are really important. Like you. To drive by shoot you. <laughs> When you don't get your teeth checked for 10 years, you might go to the doctor and have some cavities, right? Like, you probably get your teeth cleaned every year, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about maintenance, you know? Yeah, and, and if you slack on maintenance, then, then shit falls through the cracks. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing I think what, you know, still to this day is haunting me from the cookout is my match against Jack where I was five... We haven't even talked about this. Dude, I mean, I was... There was no way I should have lost that 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 match. And you know what? I didn't lose the match, but I consider myself losing that match. We tied on 18. And... God, I can't wait for next week to hear you inject. I, I don't know anything about y'all's match other than... I no, know I mean, the, the thing is, I was like, I was three up through four, I was four up through six, and then I was only two up through nine, and then he tied it, you know, then he tied it on 18 because, you know, and a lot of them was bad mistakes around the green. And like you said, like, you know, a couple days before we played Rustic Canyon, my wedges were awful, and it was the exact same thing. You know, there it was that and approach shots, which is basically my my wheelhouse. Like, I don't hit it far, but I always hit greens, and I and if I don't, I can always recover from around the greens. And you know, my game completely fell apart, and 
you know, I, I lost it myself. I did not get beat. I lost it because 17, I found the only hole in the, in the fence on the, on the driving range and my ball bounced right off of the cart path and into the driving range. Literally couldn't have been more unlucky there. And then I hit a perfect hybrid, bounces off the back of the green, hits the cart path, and jets into the house behind 17 at Soul that Park. Ball, that ball is standing on 18T. That ball is going like 300 miles an hour. It was just like I, I hit the most pure hybrid that I think I've, I've hit all day. And it just like uh. jettisoned off the back of that green. And I had two lost balls on 17, had to concede the hole to Jack before he even made the green. Before he even yeah. hit his ball onto the green, I conceded the hole. Because it was like, Jack literally would have had to, like, five Jack on the on the green to lose that yeah. hole. And then it came down uh. to 18, and that's when I'm going to give Jack props. Like, he yeah. hit probably the best three wood I've ever ever seen jack hit in my entire i thought life. it was driver off the deck no, no? Okay. three wood wow. jack hit a three wood to like 260 over a creek to a tiny green and was just barely on the right hand side of the green and you know i played that hole to perfection like exactly how you're supposed to play 18 at soul park i Hit a nice drive down the middle of the fairway. Laid up on the left-hand side to the furthest corner you possibly could before you had to hit get to the creek. And then I had a nice wedge to about, you know, 15 feet. But I left myself with a downhill putt, and Jack had an uphill chip. And there's there just, you know, it, if I gave Jack 10 balls from where he was, where he hit that three-wood that probably would have been the only ball he hit to where he hit it. And I'm going to give Jack all the props in the world because I shouldn't have been in that scenario in the first place. I got myself there and Jack capitalized and, and tied yeah. the, tied the matchup for us to each get a point. So, yeah. you know, props for Jack, but I, I think a lot of, a lot of things for me just falling through the cracks, you know, yeah. game wise, but Last two rounds have been solid, man. It's yeah, definitely tell me about coming those. back around. So You played Gerhardt? I played Gerhardt, and then I played around at OGA as well. And I played incredibly well at OGA. I shot a, you know, shot a 75 out at OGA. Um, played very, very well. And then went and played Gerhardt with Matty Brown. And, dude, I... We weren't really paying attention. We weren't even keeping score. And so, like, it was just a lot of me kind of experiencing the course because, you know, this will be a little bit of a preview for next year. But um, our second event that we're going to host next year, um, outside of the cookout at Seoul Park, we are going to add our second, finally, add our second event and we have solidified Gerhardt as our second event uh, out on the Oregon coast. So really, really excited for that. So it was more of kind of a, a scouting 
trip and more to kind of catch up with Matty Brown. But played played decent out there. Um, didn't play great, didn't play bad. But Gerhardt as a whole, d- d- that golf course is awesome. It is so good. Like, I mean, it's link style. There's rolling fairways. Your ball could kind of jettison off anywhere. Um, greens are very small, posted stamp style greens. But the cool thing is, it's like a link style parkland course. So there's like inland holes that have some lagoon style water features. And then some like trees surrounding the greens and stuff like that that are much more resemblant of a course that's going to be like inland San Francisco or inland, you know, um, uh, Portland. But then you had these wide, sprawling, you know, link style court, you know, holes with, you know, running fescue. And the, and a lot of the holes were designed as you would expect if you went over overseas to Ireland and Scotland with like a lot of like curvatures in the fairways, creating like kind of half pipe fairways with hidden greens over large, um, mounding and burets and stuff like that and it was just really really fun course and i think it's going to be a great venue for for a match play you know uh rider cup style tournament i i i'm so excited to have that as our second venue because one you could not find a course that's more opposite to soul park like it is so far different but the things we look for in a good hosting, you know, course is great fairways, good greens, you know, and good pace of play. Like we finished in three and a half hours on, you know, on a Friday afternoon. Like, I mean, you can't ask for, for more than that. Like it, it was a really, really good course, and I and I can't wait to get you guys out there, and hopefully we can play it before we end up doing the uh, the other tournament. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm probably going to be in Portland. You know, who knows how many times before that? We'll definitely make it happen. Um, but that's awesome. That that's really exciting, and I really enjoyed the Pajio with Maddie Brown. Um, so I know it must have been. Uh, great to see him. Any any kind of fun stories from your day with him? I know I'm sure y'all probably ate it. What's that place? The the wall, Maddie. You know he loves that 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 effing Chinese spot. But any kind of other fun anecdotes in the day outside of the golf? We absolutely went to the wall. Um, Did you so get the grilled cheese? He ordered a grilled cheese for sure. But we ordered like a whole sprawling like Chinese dinner kind of thing. Um, but kind of a kind of a funny story. Um, it, it's fun to hang out with Maddie Brown out there because like we're literally every single hole, someone's yelling, "What up, Maddie?" Like every single person in that area knows Matt Brown. Like it's it's pretty astonishing. Like every single person we passed, knew, like spotted Maddie and like was saying hello. And you know the the one you know, kind of fun story was, uh, when I got there, I didn't really, he said he had some other stuff planned later on in the day. And he goes, Hey, by the way, the, uh, 
the Golfers Journal guys are hosting a uh, hosting a skins match out at uh, my other course Highlands after after this in the afternoon, and I was like, "Cool, yeah, I'm down to hang out and and go over there." And so before we did that, he goes, "Hey, I wanted to to make you an honorary member of uh, Gin Creek," and so most people. You know, I asked I asked Maddie a little bit about this during during our episode, so some people might know about this. But Gin Creek is a three hole course that Maddie Brown built in his front yard, and so I have not had the privilege to become a member and to be able to go out and play it. But you know, after our round at Gerhardt, and we had a little bit of time between that and when the event started at Highlands, so we stopped over at Maddie's house and we played nine holes at uh at Gin Creek and dude, it it's like every man's dream. Like anybody that's a golfer would absolutely die to have this set up. He's got three tee boxes, like full on tee boxes set up. He's got this little green set up in the middle of his his front lawn. And, like, it's a legit, like, manicured golf course green. Like, it putts and rolls just like any green that would be at Highlands or Manzanita or any of those courses. Like, it's awesome. And so, basically, he plays, like, a nine-hole loop around these, like, three tee boxes. And you play to different holes. And it's, it's a super fun, I mean, no hole is like over like 30 yards, but so you just play with wedge and putter and I mean, it's, it's a super good time and you know, you know, you can only play it invite by Matty Brown. So, you know, we're a public golf podcast, but you know, you gotta, you gotta be invited to play Gin Creek. Pine Valley, AC, both courses, Gin Creek, just just ruining our reputation over here. Yeah. Actually, a little fun fact, Matty Brown, when he saw him last year, he gave us some stickers, and I actually have a Gin Creek uh, sticker on my push cart, which, like, nobody would ever be able to identify, because it kind of looks like a musical note, I believe. Um, yeah, it's an olive it. with a golf, uh, um, a golf club going through it. That makes sense. But yes, I yeah. have it on my push cart. It's like... Probably the ultimate, if you know, you know. Yeah. And so after we did that, we went out to Highlands and then ran into uh, our friend Kelso, who came out to the cookout, uh, one of my friends from Portland. He was out there with his boss. Um, they do a bunch of stuff with uh, Golfer's Journal, so they were out there. Um, they were playing in the Golfer's Journal event that they were doing at Gerhardt the next few days, but... Prior to that, uh, Maddie Brown hosted him out at Highlands to kind of do a skins match. So I got to meet Brendan. And, you know, a lot of the a lot of the guys with the Golfers Journal. We got to play a skins match out there, and it was super fun. And then, of course, Maddie Brown hosted all of them um, for drinks and Chinese food at the uh, at the wall afterwards. And shit got a little wild. Uh, and Brendan from. Uh, from the golfer's journal won all of the skins and just put the money down at the bar for everybody to get free drinks. So that was pretty cool. And you know, Maddie Brown being the host, he did order a big old sprawl of different Chinese food and stuff like that. So it was, it was a great time and a definitely a needed day for me to kind of 
be out there and have nothing but just golf and, and good people around me. So, yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, I'm sure you probably felt the same way. Um, it was really good to play with my dad just because I don't know. I think again, we'll talk about this in the next pod with, uh, with Jack and Pax, but the cookout, it, it's such a buildup for us and then it's so much fun. And then like, it's, it's really like when you, when like, it's only been two years, but when that feeling of pulling out of Soul Park and knowing that you have to wait 365 days until you get to do it again, it's really deflating. <laughs> it's really, really deflating. And to, I'm well, glad you big, could have that moment. Cause like, well, big it, thing for me too is so because it's hosted down in Southern California, it's like by the time that the cookout ends and I return the rental car and get to my flight, get home super late, drive an hour and a half from PDX to my house. Like, (laughs) it's an exhausting, exhausting event and trip because it's just, it's a lot for us guys that are traveling, you know, a long way to be there. And, you know, it's so fun. The buildup is so good and we're so excited, you know, every time it comes around, you know, my favorite thing to do is the draft and you know that's that's one of the best parts of the cookout and then you know once I once I got a jet I I think it's just it's been a learning experience where I think I got to give myself an extra day from here on out like I got to start leaving Monday morning instead of instead of Sunday afternoon or or night because dude it's just too much it's too much I do. We, we've done it two years in a row now, but like, especially this year, Hussey and I, we just, we, we, afterwards we sat there, we had lunch, we just kind of like had a couple margaritas until it kind of just felt like it was time to go. And then we drove up to Los Alamos, which took like, I guess, which was like an hour or so, checked in our hotel, took, took a shower, took a little nap, and then went and had like a really nice dinner at eight o'clock ate, came back, passed out, slept for like literally like 10 hours and woke up and then drove home. And it was like, this is perfect. Like, like got a good night's sleep, got a good meal. Um, I do think it's the way to do it. I mean, I know that some people like have to get home that night, but you know, even though it's only 18 holes on Sunday, you know, there, there's so much emotions from the weekend. And also too, because of our tea times, like it's like getting good sleep anyway. Right. Cause you have to be back at the course at 6am. So I think Monday's the way to do it. And we talked, and me and Rick talked, so that, oh, that was another, another golf. I I completely slipped my mind. Oh, yeah. You played, Our boy Rick was up here, and we played the north course at, at the The reserve, reserve. which was awesome. Super. Had you you ever played the first time? No, first time I ever played the north. And yeah, you saw Rick. You fit Rick in a new driver shaft or something. Yeah. Yeah, so Rick came up, but one thing we were talking about while we were playing the reserve was that from here on out, like, there's no more six to eight people no. Airbnbs. Like I think this was like 12 this year. It was... It, there was too many people, you know, we kept adding and adding and adding because a lot of people were struggling to find places to stay because that's the only yeah. really big issue with hosting at Soul Park is with a large group, there's just very limited rental places and hotels and things like that or i mean there's there's stuff out there but it's expensive um but like me and me me and rick were like 
dude, Rick. I think we all felt Rick this just way. became forty. You know, I'm 30, 35 years old. We're like, I'm not. I'm sharing thirty-one, a bed. but I, but I like, I like, I like nice things too. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I'm too old like to be sharing a fucking bed from here on out. Like, I'm, you know, or like a whole house with a crazy amount of guys. Like, well, you know, the irony playing... thing, see, like that house last year at the cookout. Like originally, a guy because I, I that planned was so far ahead, but until we added a bunch more people, because that house I looked ahead and it was like Big C gets a queen, Jack gets a queen, Hussy gets a queen, and then Nick and I are boys forever, so we'll share the king. Boom! It was per- like perfect, right? And then it was like, and then Rick will come and be on an air mattress, and Kenny will be up on the sofa, and then Jacob will be on the sofa too, and then Bean will be on the sofa too. It's like. What we need to do, I'll say it right now, is the OG, the five of us, me, you, like the original plan, book that house for next year, and everyone gets a queen, right? It'd be perfect. There's like plenty of bathrooms, plenty of space, but we're not, we're, we're to your point, we're too old to act like we're 20 years old in Panama City. That's a yeah, very we're not, UGA reference. We're not, like, we're not going to, we're not going to spring break in Daytona. Right. Daytona. Right. Like we're, we're not doing those things anymore where we're splitting a hotel eight, eight deep. And like, just because we're trying to save two hundred dollars, like, it's like you have a year to plan. Well, yeah. You know, when the cookout is save a little extra coin. Well, in this year, we're going to be kicking it out so far in advance that if anybody doesn't have their shit booked, I, I'm just going to straight up tell them tough shit. Like, <laughs> that's your fault. Like, you should have booked it way out because we're going to be telling people. <laughs> For the Soon. cookout and for the second event, like within the next few months, we're going to be able to kick out the dates and start collecting deposits. So, you know, yeah. I, I think it's every, I think this was a, the final learning experience, second time we've done it to where it's like, yeah, all right. The house was no good. The house, and you know, no, no fault to anybody. No. You know, it was, you know, one well, of except those Except for the things. host who didn't fucking give us the check-in code. Yeah. So Hussey, we had to break into the house to go to bed the first night. Yeah. Tough Hussey scene. had to break into the house. His, uh, his, uh, Singaporean, uh, hustler came in and he just, he just figured it out. But uh, I, I like how you, I noticed cause your video is a little laggy. You took a really big, deep breath, like trying to think about what, so you settled on Singaporean hustler, but I could tell you were thinking about that a little bit. Like, what do I say here? Not a hussy. What can I say? That's not a derogatory term that <laughs> I'm trying to say. I'm not a Singaporean hustler. I'm just a, I'm just a sommelier. And now he's going to say right now he's listening. I'm not a sommelier. I'm a winemaker. Sorry, hussy. I just have to have to do that to you. <laughs> but yeah, no, but we got to stop talking about the cookout. We're talking about it next week, but yes, it was. Yeah. always learnings and you know we're just trying to make it the best event possible but overall i think another big success but the point of all this was to say i'm happy that you had some some good um some good rounds planned over the last month because i definitely felt like severely hung over from a golf perspective on like oh my god i've been looking forward to this for a year and now it's over right like i abandoned i had this and now it's like oh my god i don't really have the next golf thing to look forward to which you know, no spoilers here because we don't know yet, but I know we're going to be locking in our video series soon. Uh, that's going to be the next one to look forward to. But I'm glad you could have a fun thing to look forward to for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be nailing in the the city of where we're going to be going and and 
kind of the agenda of what we're going to be doing out there. So really excited to get the video series going and, and getting that planned and getting that out for all you guys to be able to see and get more content on the YouTube so we can we can start getting that going because that's kind of the next venture for the municipals that I think is is some great video content to kind of showcase what we do and, and what all of our strengths are. And one thing that I keep preaching to all of you guys is, is my, uh, you know, knowledge and love for public golf courses. So this is going to be where I stretch my legs and I get to showcase some of that stuff where you guys get to actually see it instead of just hear us talk about it. So I think that's going to be a really cool, you know, addition to what we've been doing and allowing us to kind of grow into a different spectrum. Yeah, it's going to be great. I've never done anything like this. Uh, I hope we're successful at it. I know that like, you know, just got to remember to be ourselves and Pax and Jack will kind of be, uh, you know, be there to support and kind of help along the way. Um, so yeah, I can't wait, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited to get that on the books. Cause like, again, I just don't really have anything yet to, uh, to look forward to from a golf perspective. So I can't wait. Um, anything else top of mind, big C, anything else you want to talk about? No, I mean, you know, baby is, baby is crawling now. That Whoa. That's something I haven't told you yet. Yeah. 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 Just hit seven months. She's uh, she's getting up and, and starting so she's to not crawl. she's not really a blob then. I mean, she, if she's moving around, she's not a blob. No, no. I mean, she she recognizes us fully now. Like, every time I get home, she's all excited. And she's she's on the move and, and mobile now, which, you know, she's not fully mobile. I mean, she's, yeah. she's able to move and then fall, um, which is <laughs> pretty cute. But it's, yeah. Yeah, being a dad, dad life, and you know, going through all the all the changes of of having a newborn and a a pre one year old is is moving. I mean, it's it's been super fun and enjoyable, and yeah, it's been it's been a fun experience so far. And I mean, she's she's the uh, best thing ever. So yeah, that's that's pretty much the only other thing that's been kind of new for me is is just being home with the wife and the kid and you know doing that outside of sneaking a few rounds in here and there good man that's awesome yeah for me i guess um i was in atlanta uh saw the family for two weeks that was great um again saw my dad that was nice um went to a wedding in uh mariposa massachusetts which is like an hour and hour and 15 minutes basically from uh from boston i sent you guys the picture i the wedding venue was right past a private nine hole golf course the course did not look to be in very good shape like it, it looked like it kind of looked like a dog track and then i look and it's like this it's been private since like 1915 and just really interesting also i think um this is really bad audio but um, when I was looking at it, there was also, I'm just going to do this live, Mariposit. Um, there's some like very, 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 very famous private club that was like right there. Um, so it was kind of funny where like I'm sitting there and everyone's like, 
you know, looking at the beach and all this stuff. And I'm like, we just drove by a private nine hole course. Like Liz was like, what are you doing on your phone? And I was like, I was like, I was just looking at golf courses, you know, I didn't have my clubs or anything, but, um, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll figure this out eventually. But, um, there, there was like, there was just kind of this, I was just thinking about golf courses the whole time. Cause like for me, that experience, like playing golf in the Northeast, I have no experience in the Northeast at all. So that's where my brain went. Um, when I came back, I'm excited to say, uh, fi- finally, 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 after a long time, I found a gym. Um, you know, I work out regularly, but going to the gym the last week has showed me that I'm actually incredibly out of shape. So, um, as Hussey says, you know, we, I've been hitting dingers with my driver, but like, I'm ready to like get in good, like good, good shape. So I'm holding myself accountable to that. Um, and going to the gym. So I'm really, I've really been, it's only been a week, but I've really been enjoying that too. That's something that I've been working on, um, Doc's, uh, program. So I'm not, not hitting a gym specifically, but I'm doing Doc's, uh, you know, quick workout program that he has that use code municipals and you'll get a discount through Doc. Um, fullbodyfix.com. Yeah, full, um, full body golf fix for the golf yeah. specific one. Full body golf fix and and use our promo and uh, get yourself a discount on that. But you know it's if if you don't have time or you can't go do your full gym gym thing and you still want to be in good golf shape, I think it's a great option. And for me, being a new dad and you know fifteen twenty minutes is about what I got. So, you know, utilizing his, his program has been, been helpful and allowing me to kind of get my, you know, cause I've been having really bad back issues, um, through the cookout. Yeah. Yeah. My back was destroyed through the entire cookout. I was pounding Advil and Tylenol. I just didn't want to tell anybody, but like I could barely sit in those outdoor seats after the 36 on Saturday. Like my back was killing me. Buddy. Yikes. Yeah, so, you know, doing more doing more stretches and, you know, doing a little bit more core workouts and stuff to be able to strengthen my my lower back and stuff like that is helping out kind of getting that back into back into shape because that's that's the thing when you're not flexible and, you know, the first thing that that kind of goes out and especially if you kind of lost those uh lost those uh muscles in your abs and stuff like that it's like you start swinging poorly and you stop using your legs and then other parts of your body start taking over to kind of still get that swing going and that's when you start pulling shit that you normally shouldn't be pulling and so you know that's that's something i've been working on and good you know get getting that all dialed back in but yeah yeah Awesome. And then the last thing I just wanted to share is, Chris, I know you've mentioned this before, but um, I just wanted to kind of publicly talk about just real quick um, that I've been uh, I've been struggling for I think it's actually I think it's been going on for a while, but um, I've been struggling with uh, panic attacks and uh, anxiety, which the thing that's fucked is some people probably know this, but panic disorder is the is when is what you get when you're worried about getting a panic attack um and what kind of like really woke me up to it was my sister was in town in late april so pre-cookout um 
and I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and I knew something was wrong. Like I, it was like, we, we sleep with like a, like a rain machine sound and we have a fan and like everything sounded kind of like warped. And like when I opened my eyes, like I wasn't seeing like colors, but like it wasn't dark and like, it's just like my senses were all off. And then I realized that, like, my left arm was numb, which freaks me out because that's, like, heart attack stuff. Like, my whole left arm was numb, and um, I couldn't get a full deep breath, and my heart rate was spiking, and um, it was just, like, really, really, like, really scary. Like, I went up, and I was like, I need to put some cold water on my face, but then when I was walking, my, my vision was, like, all foggy. I almost fell in the bathroom. Not good. Um, but I'm telling this because... Well, first of all, I think that like, it's just important to, I have felt, I have found that it's helpful to be vulnerable about this stuff because, um, you know, I'm on some medication now that's helping, but I think what I found that really makes me feel better is when I'm not feeling okay, which unfortunately is happening more than I wish it was, is when I acknowledge that I'm not okay or I don't feel good to someone I care about it helps me feel better. And so it's just to say to everybody, if you're struggling, like so many people do with anxiety or depression, talk about it. Because what I realized is I'm, as hopefully a lot of you know, open-minded, pro-therapy, pro-counseling, all of it, always have been. But what I've realized is the reason I think that the panic attack, like I probably got to that phase, is I've been having like sprinklings of this for a couple years but in my head, it was like, oh, I don't have that. Like, I've got a good job and I've got a great partner. And I've got great friends. Like, like, what in my life would lead me to have anxiety? And I think that, like, the, the, the more that I gripped on that, the more that it actually made it worse. And now what I've been trying to do, yeah, like, the medication helps. But I'm trying to lean in to be vulnerable, like, when I'm okay and when I'm not okay um, and just kind of lean into the people around me. So it's more just to say that like, if you're someone who is even thinks that you might be having something with that, find a therapist. I found a, a nurse practitioner who helped me from the medication side. And I've just been really vulnerable telling people, um, trying to do it in person. Like I told my dad about it. I told my mom about it. Like just being very open about this. And, and also too, it's, it's helped me because in these moments, like, if you and I are on this golf trip and I am having an issue, like I don't want it to be like, Oh my God, what's going on? It's like, Hey Chris, like I'm having anxiety issues. I got to go like to make it where it's like part of the discussion. Right. So I'm just encouraging people to be vulnerable, ask for help, tell the people you love, um, that, you know, what's going on with you. Um, and if they're good people, which they all are, um, they're going to love you not in spite of it, they're going to love you, through it and because of it, it's, it, it, it's who you are. Um, and I just wanted to share that because it's really helped me. So I just wanted to say that to everybody out there. Yeah. And you know, so people know, you know, I act, me and Ashton are actually on the same anxiety medication. So I personally have dealt with my own struggles with anxiety and panic attacks and it really got heightened, um, during my wife's pregnancy and, I actually had full on mental breakdown during her pregnancy and, and ended up going to see, see a doctor about, you know, in upping my anxiety medication that I was already prior on. And, you know, it's, it's something that I think 
especially grown ass men like us don't don't feel comfortable speaking about because there there's just a stigma from prior generations our fathers their fathers before them you know it's not something you talked about you you swallowed your pride you hid it inside and you just moved on and it wasn't something that was able to ever be talked about and you know my one thing that helped me out was my dad um had a really high pressure job and uh I was I was about 16 16 years old and my dad hadn't he thought he had a heart attack but he had a full on panic attack in the middle of a job site during one of his jobs and they rushed him to the hospital and they found out it was just a severe panic attack it wasn't a heart attack and you know that that right there you know it one I wish it changed my dad but it didn't he still kind of hid it inside didn't talk about it but I knew what it was and the older I got, the more, you know, and I can say my wife helped me a lot with kind of figuring out how to open up and talk about those type of things. And, you know, I, I did an episode of the podcast probably a little over a year ago on my own, just turned on the mic and, and talked about mental health and, and anxiety and anybody that's struggling with it or, you know, it's something you, you don't talk about often or you need someone to talk about. Our DMs are always open. You can always contact us. We're willing to talk to you about it. Um, but also listen to that episode because, you know, I really, really went in on it and talked a lot about it. And I, I think it's something, it's not golf related, guys. I get it. We're, you know, we're a public golf podcast, but I just feel like, we all do golf for a specific reason and it's one of our releases mentally, spiritually, you know, it, it helps us kind of level our heads and be able to go back into our real lives after we play golf and be a little less stressed and a little less, you know, anxiety ridden. And that's what golf helps us with, but there's more to just that, you know, and golf can only do so much for you. And, that's why there's therapists and anxiety medications and things out there to help you with this stuff. So make sure you're talking to your loved ones. Make sure you're reaching out to your friends. And if you don't have either one of those or you don't feel comfortable, literally send us a DM because we'll we'll be there for you as well. So it's it's one of those things where I think our generation is the generation that needs to change this shit. Like we need to flip the script and we need to understand like, Yo, everybody has problems. Everybody has mental problems. And it's something that is okay to talk about. And you should always try to be a better version of yourself. Yeah. And and the, and the longer we do this pod in a good way, the, the like g- golf is sort of the, the backbone, right? It's, it's sort of the through line. But the longer we do this, the more it feels like it's not actually about the golf, which we've kind of always said it's about the golf, but it's not about the golf. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least for me, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said, Chris, but I mean, as you know, better than anybody is like, the reason it's been so jarring for me is like, I'm not my dad or your dad. Like I am vulnerable. Like I think what's like scared me about it is I'm very open 
and um, it, it's just like it, I found it very hard. And the other thing that's really hard too, like you know, if people haven't experienced it or might be wondering, what you know, do I have this? Is like it's wild how like because um, I've always been a little bit like afraid of my body in the sense of like. You know, I, I was the kid who was, like, 14. Like, am I having a heart attack? And they're like, no, you're 14. Like, no. Um, and, like, the crazy thing about the panic attack with your dad is, like, I mean, dude, it was, like, completely left arm numb, like, heart rate at, like, 140. I mean, like, something was wrong. Like, it wasn't, like, crazy. And I think it, it felt so invasive, right? And then the other reason, too, and then I'll stop talking about this, but, you know, it woke me up at 2 o'clock in the morning in my own bed after a lovely day with my girlfriend and my sister, right? That's really invasive. And then ironically, when I was, when I was playing with my dad, it, it happened, we were on the 13th or 14th tee, you know, like chilling, having a great day, it's beautiful. And all of a sudden I felt, it, it, it's almost like the way to describe it is, it's like this, like, it starts here and kind of like works its way up. And like, it, it's almost like you're getting elevated in a way that like does not feel good. Um, and I was like, oh my God, like I'm playing golf with my dad. I never get to do this. It's beautiful. And now this like thing is like attacking me here, right? It's attacking me in my bed. It's attacking me on the golf course. Like it'd be bad enough. It's like, I have a stressful job, right? But it's just meant to tell people of like, I am as vulnerable. I am as emotionally in touch as anybody is. And it still took me a long time to get here. And it's not just at the job site, it's at golf with my dad. It's yesterday when I'm going to a baby shower with Liz. So it's just be aware of how you feel. And then again, reach out to people you love and we're always here to help. So again, I, I know that's kind of a, a random add-on, but one I wanted to share so that, you know, our friend group and our community knows like I'm, you know, you and I both are struggling through it. And, you know, obviously you're ahead of me kind of in the process, but, um, that, that we both are working on it. And, um, yeah, I think just so much of this podcast is, you know, we love male and female listeners, but a lot of this is like men supporting men, right? Like men, like this is a group of guys who, you know, really trying to support each other and be vulnerable. And I think this is an important thing to share. So I appreciate you letting me share. Yeah. Anytime. And again, anybody that needs to share, reach out to us. We're always here. Yeah. That's all I got. All right, buddy. Well, it was great chatting with you. It was great catching up. And uh, next week or next pod, we've got a uh, we've got the uh, follow up on the cookout. So keep it, it won't be three months. It won't be three months. Won't be three months. Okay. All right, buddy. Well, see ya. Late.